1: To claim your free welcome bonus, that's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The 1865
0: Match Report. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. It finished Forest 2, Coventry nil. I don't think the game itself will go down as a particular classic, but it was another vital three points in the season for Steve Cooper's Reds, as we now move into the top six or more accurately the top five of the championship with these three points against the Sky Blues. Goals from Brennan Johnson in the first half and a fine goal from James Garner in the second gave Forrester points. Uh, We will come to some of the other chances that Forrester had on the evening and go into a bit more depth into performances and, and how the team performed as a whole. But um, first of all, I'm joined by Baz today. Hello. And hello, Baz. So we'll start with the team news then. So unchanged from Blackpool, that meant Bryce Samber in goal, Keenan Davis up front, Zink and Argyle in the team as well, where I've seen some people perhaps pushing for Lolly to get a start or maybe even Sam Surridge just to, to freshen things up a bit. How did you see that team news when it came out? Did you think that was the right move?
2: Um, well, uh, I, I predicted it. So, on the little fan hub predictor thing, I got a free pint for 11 out of 11. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought Samba coming in, Horvath's done really, really well, better than I expected. But the difference, and it was quite clear throughout the game, was when we were on the attack, Samba would be stood halfway up up the pitch in our half as an extra defender to receive the ball and, and play it out again so it basically gave us 11 outfield players which Horvath is not confident enough to do so i could see why he was in um and then the rest of the team it's it's cooper's way seems to be yeah um you, it's your spot now you've got it it's your spot to lose so that seems to be seems to make it what it is
0: and it does seem with Samba, based on these two performances back in the team, that the the red card and subsequent dropping from the side has has calmed him down a bit. He seems a bit more relaxed, doesn't he, during games? Yes, yeah. <laughs>
2: almost subdued, I'd have said.
0: <laughs> Until he meets Phil Jagielka again, which luckily won't be this <laughs> season, at least. So the opening exchanges then, I think Forrest, and you mentioned this as well during the game, Obviously, you were at the game and, and you messaged us saying that it was a bit sluggish. It was the passing was a bit off the movement as well from Forrest. Was that to be expected, though, for, given the highs of Saturday and how comprehensively Forrest put Blackpool away on the weekend? Was there always <laughs> going to be a tail off?
2: Yes and no, because I think that's one of the things that Steve Cooper seemed to have got into this side is that there's always somewhere further to go it's, it was never a perfect performance there's always a step up we can make and you have to keep going and going and going and, and keep those energy levels up um what i would say is coventry were utter spoilers um they basically outmuscled us for the entire first 20 minutes or so of the game and it meant that we couldn't get our passing together and then when we did get the ball, we would make really bad decisions with it. So we were making the wrong passes. We were snatching at stuff. So we couldn't get control of the ball at all. And then Coventry, would, were, as I say, their, their, their entire game plan was to basically just like the, the little niggly arms around or shirt pulls and tugs and stuff like that, which kind of got in our way.
0: Yeah. And, um, I'm sure more will be said about the referee and his officials, um, and their performance, but you, you needed a referee in that first 10, 15 minutes to, to maybe just hand out a booking to a Coventry player, just to, to calm it down a little bit, because there were a few niggly fouls that they were getting away with. And then that turned into grapples and, and, and blatant obstruction that was allowed to, to go, um, I don't, I, don't,
2: I don't really want to talk about the referee because I feel like this season we've spoken about referees more than ever before and it really <laughs> winds me up because I don't like talking about them. But I wouldn't have minded if it had felt like it had been the same for both sides.
0: Yeah, and I think at the end of the game, the stats showed that Forrest had more yellow cards than Coventry on the night. So, you know, work, work that one out, listeners. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Forrest, Forrest did go in front on 25 minutes, probably a bit against the run of play. Coventry were on top for a good five ten minutes before that, and they, they had a few, uh, a few moments kind of running in between in between the channels, getting in between our full backs and centre backs. O'Hare was, was a threat, but they didn't manage to, to really do much with that, and it was Forrest who took the lead. Um, a nice move, Keenan Davis moving the ball out to the left-hand side for Jack Colback. His cross finds its way to Brennan Johnson. Um, from your vantage point, did you think the ball had gone out? Yes, was, I thought it had gone out.
2: So basically the ball comes across, it meets Johnson at the far post, their defender's right on him. I thought between the two of them, they'd knocked it out and then Johnson brought it back in and, and put it in the goal. But I saw the replay on the big screen at the game, at the match, and it looks like their defender actually kept the ball in play and knocked it back into Johnson's path for him to, to play into the goal. Yeah, his
0: Which desperation. Was it was nice of him, wasn't it? Yeah, his <laughs> desperation on the line or allowed the ball, like you say, to come back to Johnson. And he he found his feet and, and rifled it in. And that yeah, a good finish. 15 goals now for the season for Brennan Johnson, that. For, for a player who's not an out-and-out out striker, that's a pretty good goal return, isn't it?
2: That's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, we, we keep on top. We've, we've always spoken about how Lewis Graben's our only 20-goal-a-season st- a striker, and it looks like John O might be up there this season. Yeah, It's quite amazing, really. Quite, Especially, <laughs> I think someone said on the radio as well, it's like at the start of the season, people were wondering if he could cut it in the championship. <laughs> and I think he's he's showing everyone wrong.
0: Despite Forest going in front, I think the, the performance still was sluggish in parts. It, it, the the team really struggled to get going, passes going astray and and moves breaking down. But the important thing was that, that Forest went in into the break at 1-0. Talk us through the opening part of the second half. Were we expecting Forest to really come out and really step up their game in that in that second half?
2: Yeah, again, another feature of Steve Cooper's Forest has been whatever happens at half time we come out of the blocks all guns blazing and that really didn't happen it was exactly more of the same um it was perfectly summed up by whenever we got a throw in no one was moving for it so the coventry players were just marking our players out of the game and we were losing the balls from throw ins it was it was not like anything i'd seen from us for a long time it was it was um it was like like the olden days as it were um and it was one of those things where you could feel it around the ground that something had to change and there was one point I said they're going to score any second now because they want it much more than us Mm. It, it felt like that and that was a really weird thing for us to be saying for me to be saying about this side um the way we've been playing recently
0: Talk us through the the changes that Forrest did make to, to gain a bit more of a foothold in the game and a bit more energy. Well, so,
2: I mean, yes, the, 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 the change was um, Zinkenagel came off and was replaced by Joe Lolly. And that made, I mean, it didn't make it, they turn the game into a classic, but it made all the difference to us because suddenly we had a bit more urgency. We had, Everyone started moving more. So that meant that more passes were available and we could keep control of the ball a bit better. And um, yeah, we looked, we looked to started to look more like the forest that we've, we've looked like in the last few weeks. It made all the difference.
0: And off the back of that, forest improved and got more into the game, as you mentioned. And from that came the, the second goal. And again, Keenan Davis involved. It starts with Joe Worrell with a great ball forward into Keenan Davis. He holds it up well and then dribbles away, moves it away from the Coventry defenders, and feeds James Garner. And the finish is—it's just great, isn't it? right is into the top corner.
2: Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, Jimmy Garner's like—he's—he's he's definitely one of our players of the season. He's even when. During the rest of the game, when we were looking sluggish and out of it, he was the one player who could keep control of the ball. Davis was trying, but he was getting knocked all over the place, whereas Garner was actually keeping control of the ball and trying to sprint a pass out. And so it was really good to see the two of them combine in that way. Uh, One thing I'd also say about Davis, um, I've compared him to Kevin Campbell in the past. Uh, We've had on previous match reports, he's been compared to Stan Collymore. Today, I thought um, there was a bit of the Marlon Harewood about him. So, Harewood had this thing where he would get the ball and the defender would come right in close to him. And he'd do that. And I don't even know how to describe it. He'd do this little trick where he'd sort of catch the ball with both his feet and then move it past the defender. And Davis was doing that today. Uh, He was like, and that's how he gets out of trouble when he's in. Really, really tightly marked. He can somehow move the ball past the defender and then run on with it. And and he was doing that today. And it just reminded me of Harewood. And as Harewood's one of my favourite players, you can't uh, you can't complain at that.
0: That's not a bad mix, is it? Colin Moore, Campbell, and Harewood. <laughs> yeah. I think you're doing all right there, aren't you? If you're. Uh, and then we have got
2: uh, Jono up next to him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're doing all right there. Um, yeah, Davis was was superb again, a man of the match, and I think deservedly so. Um, but just on the goal, good to see Garner breaking through from midfield to 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 get on the end of that and then and then score the goal. And I think it probably needed something like that, somebody different coming through from the midfield, uh, not being picked up to to chip in with the goal. And again, another example of somebody else in the team stepping forward when when we needed a goal. And that's a really healthy part of this team is that goals are coming from all over the place. Absolutely, and yeah. I mean,
2: Jono's obviously getting the, the plaudits, but but yeah, uh, Davis pops up with a few. Surridge's popped up with a few, and then we're getting just just a smattering from the rest of the team when we need them, and and especially with um, the way the midfield plays, having Yates and Garner bursting forward like that to to do that that's that's I think that's really important.
0: Yates almost did score as well, didn't he? Right near the end, of, right at the end, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I think it came back off the crossbar or something. And then, yeah, Yeah. I thought it had gone in, but obviously
0: not. Yeah. In the end, it didn't make too much of a difference. (laughs) Um, But We'll wind it back a little bit. Um, About 70 minutes in, there was a magical emergency in the stands, which saw the game pause for for a period. It happened in the Peter Taylor stand. Samba alerted some of the medics and the rest of the team to, to run over to that corner of the ground. So yeah we wish the the fan all the very best and hope that they're okay the game carried on and at this point it's probably a bit more comfortable for forest wasn't it after the second goal went in coventry had a few fleeting moments but aside from know jokeres shot that got through to sam there was nothing really that um, that really troubled the forest defense or the goal no I don't,
2: I don't i don't think we we really had many saves to make um, Steve Cooper in his interview afterwards made the point that we didn't probably manage the game as well as we should have done. In that Coventry were breaking forwards and having a lot of the ball in our half, which maybe we shouldn't have let them have. But they they didn't. Re- there was no real danger, no ma- major threat from them.
0: One of the big duels of the evening turned out to be Jed Spence against Darbo, the Coventry left back, who actually did quite a good job on Jed Spence, didn't he? Kept him quiet for the most part.
2: I'd I'd say I've not seen every game I've seen Spence play, I've not seen anyone keep him under wraps as well as as their 23 did today. Um, I mean, I think Spence was having a poor game, that's possibly part of it, but he might have been having a poor game because he was so frustrated by this guy that he was up against, Um, even to the point that, uh, they swapped him onto the other wing later on in the game because Spence had been uh, just wasn't a threat anymore.
0: The performance of the defence as well, I think des- the Forest defence deserves credit because Worrell, figueredo and McKenna, none of them put a foot wrong. You wanted to mention McKenna again and his performance.
2: Yeah, I think um, I've, I, th- I might have said it before, but I think McKenna is probably my absolute favourite player out of this side. He doesn't put a foot wrong. There was a bit in the first half when we were struggling, he was bursting into the box, trying to make things happen. Um, He's strong. He can play the ball. He does all the right things, but he does it with that. I love a centre-off who's like um, really conservative in his movements. He just does the bare minimum to get through what he he needs to do. And I really, really like that. But then I also have to say a quick word for... um, uh, Toby Figueroa, who um, often gets a bad rep, but today he was outstanding again. Um, again, he's not he's not the, the most cultured of players, but he put his body on the line. He, he headed it, he kicked it. Um, there was one point where he did a complete show-off header for no reason whatsoever, which I was really <laughs> pleased to see. Showed a bit of confidence from him. Um, so, yeah, uh, all three of them... Well, put in a really good shift today um and and that's a big part of the reason why Coventry didn't have didn't have a shout in the game
0: and yeah good to see toby in form and confidence as well because you see when he when he's like this just how good a defender he can be and perhaps forest teams under say lamucci and houghton were not really allowing him to play to his strength and to his comfort, whereas in this Steve Cooper side, he's slotted in, and he's solid and he's dependable in there, and he's he's just doing what he needs to do very well.
2: I'd say it's a bit like it's a bit like we were saying about Horvath and Samba. It's it's Figueroa's weakness is probably his distribution, so you'd rather have cooking ahead of him, but the things that he's supposed to be good at. In, in Horvath's case keeping st- shot stopping and in um, figueredo's case uh, heading and kicking it he's really really good at those things it's just he's, he's not as good as the extras the, 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 the cherries on the top as it were
0: Coming back to the performance now we've mentioned from Forrest's point of view not one of their better performances under Cooper but ultimately they got the job done 2-0 3 points and with that three points have moved up into the playoff positions. Now that Forest are in this position where they could potentially go on and establish themselves in the top six, is it more about just getting the points now at this time of season rather than worrying too much about the performances?
2: I listened to Steve Cooper's interview afterwards and He says, no, at this time, it's more important to get the performances right. And I'm quite, from my point of view, I'm quite pragmatic. It's like, yeah, points in the bag is what counts. But I can see his point of view that the point of this Forest side is their belief, their belief that every time we can get three points at the end of this game, every time it doesn't matter who we're playing against what style of play they use, we're going to beat them. And so if you start saying, right, park the bus and uh, let's grind out three points here, then what you're saying is don't believe in the way that we, that's got us here, believe in something else. And I think I can see why Steve Cooper says, no, now is the time that we need to play the way we've been playing only more so. So, actually yeah i think if we if we can do it the way we've been doing if we don't if we don't go up but keep play the cooper way then that's a good result if we do go up but grind out like lots of horrible 1-0s then i don't know is that a good result oh, i guess we'd be happy for going up yeah. <laughs> but it maybe doesn't set us in good stead for next season
0: i think for us it's finding that right balance between playing the football we want to play but if we can find those results when we need them, perhaps a little bit like tonight where we've not been a hundred percent, but we've still got the victory. That's, that's probably the, the the balance that we want to be going for, particularly now as as every point is crucial with what, what is it? Nine games left of the season for yeah. Forest? So yeah, it could all, uh, it could all count towards the end of the campaign and potentially a playoff place, potentially more than that. We'll come on to, <laughs> Steve Cooper's post-match interview and his comments a little bit more after this and also Forrest's position in the table. But first we'll hear the Coventry perspective on tonight's game and we are joined by Glenn from Sky Blues TV. Over to Glenn.
3: My thoughts on the game were that it was pretty much uh, an average game pretty much lacking in quality for both sides. Uh, both sides had good chances uh, to create create and didn't really hate them. They overplayed final pass. There was a mixture of good defending. Um, I thought the first goal kind of summed up the game. It's across our defender Jake Bidwells, got it stuck under his foot or been worried that if he cleared it off the post and it's a Brendan Johnson won't score an easier goal. Um the frustration for Koff fans was Looking at that game, we've we've had reasonable few chances. Victor Jokeres had a good chance early on. He's blasted it wide. Uh, Callum O'Hare had a chance late on that we didn't take. Um, and then it's a brilliant finish by James Garner. After Carver had come out and been arguably the better side. Um, second half, we've really only created more good chance, chance with Samba save um, from Ben Sheath. So, overall... <sighs> I'm slightly disappointed that we lost because I don't really think we tested Forest enough. But then on the on the other hand, I don't really think Forest forced Simon Moore into many saves, so it was a pretty much average game, which was decided by a mistake in a moment of quality. And in terms of Nottingham Forest, looking at them in comparison with the start of the season, I think obviously the fact that you you guys had had COVID pre-season impacted on you and it took a while to get get the team up to speed. Um, Arguably, I'd probably say you were more impressive on the opening day of the season um, in terms of playing, but um, I think I can see the Steve Cooper effect, that you're very good and find a way to win and are quite solid and don't really give up lots and lots of clear-cut chances. So... um, I think probably Forest deserved a win because they had they took the chances that came their way and Cobb didn't which if we're going to progress as a club we need that ruthless clinical edge where pretty football isn't going to win winner's games in terms of the rest of the season for Nottingham Forest I'd be very surprised if you don't make the playoffs I think unfortunately Bournemouth have probably got too too many points on you for you to get automatic but never say never um, Bournemouth do have a real, real tough run in the games and if you can be in with a, a sneak by the time when you go to Bournemouth who knows what could happen um, so I wish Nottingham Forest all the best for the rest of the season and uh, I wouldn't be sad if you were still in the league next season because it's a good away day for Coff fans but it's a fair result, no complaints um, and I think we'll obviously be seeing you possibly in the playoff final come what may
0: Thanks, Glenn. So, Baz, coming back on to Steve Cooper's post-match comments and one which I liked in particular during the the post-match interview on Radio Nottingham with Colin Frey. Frey asked him, well done, Steve, top six. Cooper just said, oh, is that where we are? <laughs> <laughs> Does that give you the impression he's, he's not really worrying about the table? He's just, just get wins on the board and... Everything think, will take yeah, care I of itself. I, I get the
2: impression that, yeah, what uh, what matters to it is is... There's like a, a, a short-term and a long-term view and the, the, the position in the table is kind of the long-term view. All that matters is now we've got Birmingham on Saturday. Let's get three points there. And that's more important than where we are in the table.
0: The results, crucially, tonight have gone in Forest's favour with Middlesbrough losing at home to Fulham and West Bromwich Albion beating Bournemouth 2-0. It's just opened up a little bit of a gap in the table, so Forrester in the playoffs in fifth place, two points clear of Middlesbrough on 64 points, and have played a game less. So now there's an opportunity here for Forest to establish themselves in that top six with Birmingham to come on the weekend, but Baz... I'm going to go there. Are the autos on? Can we aim for the top two?
2: What was really interesting, which which I hadn't realised quite how I, I knew that the the what the run ins looked like, but I hadn't realised the significance of it. But Steve Sutton said it on the radio was Bournemouth's next four games were I think Middlesbrough, Sheffield United, um. And who else was it? So, uh, two, two of the others, like right in that in that top top six kind of area, and ours weren't. And so we, and then we end up with Bournemouth right at the end of the of this run. So there's a chance that we could be picking up points while they're dropping points, and then we end up playing them. So it the running looks like it could work in our favour. And the other thing to think about is that. Bournemouth have been top two pretty much the entire season. And I can remember thinking maybe what sort of September, November time, October, November time, sort of um, Fulham and Bournemouth are by far and away the best sides in this this division. So for a team like us who were out of it to be in, even in with a hope, they're going to be looking over their shoulders and they're going to be worrying and it's theirs to lose now. So if we can keep the pressure on them, especially with these next four games coming up, then, yeah, it is it is on.
0: It also, it's easy to forget because of the postponement, the the penultimate game of the season away at Bournemouth. If Forest have managed to claw the points back to a point where they could possibly even overtake Bournemouth with a victory, the what is possible in that game, it almost doesn't bear <laughs> thinking about, does it? Um, <laughs> yeah. the the points gap at the moment is eight points with eight games to eight games to play, not nine. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, there's the way we're playing, the way we're picking up points and, and the results we're getting, it just makes you think, is this one of those runs a little bit like league one under Calderwood where we, we sneak in there and we're just on this, this run at the end of the season that carries you over the line.
2: And again, on the radio, Steve Salton said, On the current run that we're on, it looks like we could get six wins and two draws, which will be 20 points of eight games, which will be unbelievable. What a way to finish the season if we can manage that.
0: I suppose what we have to be careful of is is not looking too much at the top two and then feeling like the playoffs is a disappointment because that is Mm. the risk. And ultimately, the fact that we're in the playoffs is remarkable in itself. So, yeah.
2: And that's why the, the, I don't know if the stats bear this out, but there's always the feeling that the team that finishes third is going to suffer in the actual playoffs. And it's the team that's that goes on a run and finishes fifth or sixth. That seems to have the momentum going into the playoffs. Well, I'd rather, I'd rather not have to deal with the playoffs at all, but I'd rather have momentum going into it.
0: That's it. And the fact that the manager has in the last two seasons taken part in two playoff campaigns, granted, He's he's not managed to win one. He's got to a semi-final and then a final. The next step. What's the next? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's all coming together. You heard it here first. (laughs) So Birmingham, then on Saturday, and then that's followed up by a Good Friday trip to Luton. And then after that for Forrest, the over the Easter weekend, West Bromwich Albion at home. Does feel like it could be a pivotal. Week doesn't it? Certainly, yeah. Certainly, Birmingham to begin with, just to to, to give a bit of a cushion in the playoff places and, and establish Forest in there.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, on paper, and you can never say that's that's true or what. But um on paper, Birmingham's the easiest of those those games. So if we can use that as a springboard to to give us something to go for the other ones. Um, out of them I probably say Luton's probably the hardest as well they're they're on form and um they're the sort of side that we struggle against so be that that's probably going to be the one to look out for
0: yeah there's um i I mentioned it in a previous match report where in the in this run of fixtures over the last couple of weeks there's been teams in the top 10 all playing each other and all taking points off one another which is probably allowed us to to move up the table as we have done, but then you factor in that we've got Luton away. West Brom still having a say in the in the race as we've seen tonight. Fulham as well away on the 26th of April. So yeah, there's a it could get really tight, but also if those results, if you can just fall down the right side of them, propels mm. you into into a, a very different position, doesn't it?
2: Yes, effectively a whole series of (laughs) six-pointers.
0: Well, we'd rather be in this position than where we were last year or even after the first seven games of this season. It's, it's It's all there and all to look forward to, starting with Birmingham on Saturday. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks, Baz, and thanks to you, listener, for joining us. We will be back with you after the Birmingham City game on the weekend with our match report don't forget to subscribe to 1865 for all the latest news and match reports on forest and until next time thanks for listening
1: sports social podcast network